0: I am a wayfarer on the waking way just like you. Years ago, in a time of despair, I was given cause to consider my small place in the whole of creation. The old questions that have perplexed us for ages were haunting me as well. Why are we here? Must there be a reason for our existence? How do we balm our sufferings enlighten our minds, and awaken our hearts. Are there powers, energies, and realities just beyond our ability to comprehend them? Like a new day rising, a fervor to understand these things illuminated my inner East. The discoveries along the way have been manifold, malleable, and colorful. Like a kaleidoscope, the teachings and practices I have gathered continue to shift and bend imprinting on the textures of daily life just as it is. My ministry arrives in the form of sharing this extremely personal, varied, sacred, ordinary way with you. Let us traverse this landscape together as siblings. I pray you will join me for a time. I am your brother Oren, and this is my witness to the wisdom cry of the Dawn Deacon. morning my friends, if you live in the United States, then I'm sure you're experiencing the frigid cold that's sinking down on our country right now. I live on the Louisiana Gulf Coast and we're finally starting to see the cold settle in our direction So it's going to be a cold walk this morning. I Almost didn't go but Sometimes I like to get out in the weather and actually feel Feel it on my skin Even even the cold But I also had something That I felt like talking about and I'm not sure if it's going to be too far out there for the casual listener but a topic has come up in my home in some discussions with close friends and also with some new friends in my digital circle. And it's related to the value of dreams and visions. The, the minute you say something like that out loud, dreams and visions, depending on who you're in front of, who's your audience at the time, there may be... A healthy dose of skepticism and I completely understand that I would say that I am a healthy skeptic but at the same time I've never well I don't want to say never it's too final for the most part I've kept myself open to possibilities Mystery. I feel like so much information in this category can get off into really fantastical places that are hard for many to swallow or accept. It just doesn't seem like reality that dreams or visions could really affect this tangible world we live in. You know, immediately I think that uh, it comes off as fiction to many. And I say that because I've had more conversations than I can really count about that topic over the years. But, I'd like to start by saying this. I think anything that can point you in a healthy, positive direction, anything that can assist you in engaging the world. In a more peaceful way, or generate the desire to help others, is a good thing. I don't care if that is a painting, a book, <laughs> and I gotta stop right there and say, I mean, even a comic book can inspire you to do good things a walk, camping, a song, and yes, a dream or a vision. I've often said that I'm of two minds about anything considered mystical or supernatural. And it's exactly as I just presented it. If it is useful, even if it's something that's real or in someone's imagination, doesn't matter. If someone has a dream or a vision and that dream or vision leads them to a good act, a healthy act, hurts no one, takes from no one, and it is the catalyst for change then so be it whether it's real or imagined that's as plain as i can speak about the subject and i wanted to say all that before i talk about my own experiences with dreams and visions Two and a half decades ago when I had my waking experience for whatever that, whatever that means to the listener. I didn't walk into that experience with any preconceived notion that something special was going to happen. I didn't walk into that experience with any knowledge ahead of time something just happened and then after that something happened new things started to occur I started having more dreams more vivid dreams and visions (laughs) And you hear me laugh, I hear myself laugh, and I, I wonder, even as I laugh, why? Because it adds a bit of jeff, jest or whimsy to make other people comfortable with the topic? Probably. I think i probably look at it halfway like most would look at it, like, oh boy, dreams and visions, here we go. But the truth of the matter is, is that I am a believer, a subscriber. And I have my own personal markers and fences around the subject. I have the things I'm willing to accept, I think, perhaps. And then things that I don't. But still, as I said, I I try to keep... A saloon door attitude about it you know I'm okay to let things enter and exit so I can sample the fruit and find out if there's value in it if it's healthy so my son really was my son my youngest son is the one who really prompted this for me recently he said to me a few days ago when I would woke him up he was, he was dreaming and I could tell he was shocked when I woke him up and he grabbed onto me really tightly and then he realized he was awake and he said dad have you ever been dreaming that you were standing up but then when you wake up the gravity feels all wrong and it's confusing and it made me smile because we've all had dreams like that I think falling dreams where we find ourselves clutching our bed or stepping through a plank on a bridge and falling forward and realizing you're safe in your bed so I knew what he was talking about But he reminded me of something that I had often said when I would have dreams that were different. (laughs) Many times I would say that these dreams felt like the air or the taste of the environment was in my mouth when I would wake up. Even a vision would be that way. A feeling that some piece of the dream environment uh, lingered, it left residue. I've had the strange dreams, like everyone, but dreams that were different for me were tasty. It's very hard to describe with words, but it's almost like essenced. You know, I, I joke about this often with my family because they all love to drink LaCroix and sparkling waters that have been essenced and then I don't really like them, but I would say that's probably a great way to a great example of what I mean. It's not that that environment from the dream is fully present in this waking world, but it's been essenced. It's an aftertaste, something lingering. For me, visions have been completely different than dreams. Visions, more often than not, are, they occur during the waking hours. And I've even called them daydreams, very simply. But the difference between a daydream and a vision for me has been that I seem to slip into a vision in a completely different way. Different things occur. In a daydream, I may daydream about a vacation or a special place I'd like to visit or a scenario or a redo. How many of us have daydreamed about a redo on something? But a vision is something unexpected. It comes out of nowhere, not really informed by any desire or thing that I am seeking or looking for. And for me, a vision is filled with symbols, not strange psychedelic imagery but literal icons and symbols that when I see them they almost have a message in them maybe it's a flower or cup or a tree or a lantern a book in a vision, these things get collected together to tell a story. And I remember my first vision. It's still a big part of my life to this day. I have never told this story to anyone other than my wife and perhaps my oldest son but in that time period right after that initial awakening experience i had a vision that was so strong and it felt important to write it down i was walking in a space that really seemed as though it were Formless, I was obviously standing Aware of up and down and all the directions, but In recalling it there was no floor No ground no sky It just seemed like a sort of formless foggy void And the reason I say foggy Is because when I looked in the distance the area the reason I could see it all was because the area was illuminated it had a light that sort of invigorated the air so I slowly walked through the space because there was a illumination a source in the distance that I felt compelled to walk towards. That space felt like. Comfort. I don't know. It was like. Again use the word tasty. It was like. Very palpable. Very. Much inside of me. As well as outside of me. I remember feeling. Thinking, I it was a lantern that was in the distance, like a coal oil lantern, because it seemed to pulse or flicker and get little little dimmer, a little brighter. And I don't know if you've ever walked through the mist or fog before, but you'll, if you have, or if you've driven through it, you, you'll notice that you can't see things. 10 15 20 feet in front of you but then when you get to those objects they're clear and then whatever's beyond that perception is in that mist or fog and that was very much the experience i was having as i moved forward and trying to approach the lantern and i call it that because it was the way i perceived it There was a type of pedestal that I could see and it had a book on it, a big, big book. It was one of these thick, ancient looking bound leather book with latches, brass. It was was really beautiful and I moved towards it and uh, as I got closer, It just opens and sits on this pedestal in this illuminated space. When it opened and I was in front of it, I looked down and there was nothing on the pages. And one page after another, it would turn. Blank, old, ancient paper. But just empty. But as each page would turn, I had the feeling that I was reading, that I was absorbing information. Now that doesn't make any sense because I couldn't tell you what it was, but I didn't feel like I was looking at blank paper. The light source, this lantern, Got closer and closer and as it did the book got brighter and brighter I looked at the lantern and realized that it wasn't a lantern at all it was a human figure that was actually moving closer to the pedestal as it got brighter and I thought felt like this figure was holding the lantern out. But the closer the figure got, I saw that it was not a lantern at all. It was some sort of flame in the chest area of the figure. I remember feeling that I shouldn't look. And I've told this and the times I've tried to recount it, the feeling of not looking was very very strong. It was not fear, but it was this healthy dose of understanding that what if I looked too close, it might be too far. It was as if the whole thing, this figure, wanted to stay mysterious to some degree. But the closer the figure got, the more I felt overwhelmed with this sense of oneness. And this is where things sort of spiraled in this vision. The figure was right up next to the book on the other side of it and I was standing there with my head kind of down and and looking up and I recall that this flame rose up and hid the face of the figure it was so bright but I almost felt like the figure The face just couldn't be seen. It was so bright. It was some kind of illumination that I didn't understand. It was just meant to not be seen. Featureless. But in that message of featurelessness, I got the sense that that was important, that there was a message in that. ...that this figure wanted me to understand... ...interconnectivity... ...between... ...the Creator... ...love... ...other beings, other people... ...and myself... And I want to clarify that that wasn't a feeling like you're special or you're important. Not in the sense of being put up on a pedestal. It was a message of oneness. And this is the other part that was really so overwhelming. The figure puts its finger down on the book and I look down and four strange looking glyphs I've called them glyphs over the years or icons character characters appeared in ink very simply on the paper the first one the second one the third one and the fourth one they were on the page and I got the feeling that they almost were related to directions. It was important the order that they appeared. It was important that I understood that they were cardinal in the way they were placed. They felt like a prayer that didn't have words. And I would try to look up at the figure, almost waiting for something to be said. And all I could see was just this blinding radiance like the sun. I couldn't couldn't look. So I would continue to look down at the page. And again, this all happens very quickly too. I'm telling it a lot slower so you understand the details. But... It was very much just in real time. And in my very, very rudimentary understanding of what was seeing, I understood the four glyphs that seemed to operate in unison in, in the directional sense. was the first symbol meant? God. The second symbol was for love The third symbol was You and what I mean by you is others other beings And then the fourth symbol was me Not just me personally But every me every individual each me Was connected to all of those things all of it worked together. All of it belonged together. And each informed the other. And while the first symbol seemed to be the most important one, it was the one that seemed to, the one that I called God or understood to be God in my very simple early understanding it it seemed to encompass all the other ones. They wanted to, they almost looked like they danced together, or they were stitched together on the page. And then, in English, I heard a voice that seemed to be related to the finger pointing on the page at these four symbols. And it just said... Two words, tell them. Tell them what? What in the world does that mean? Tell them. And then the vision ends. Abruptly, immediately, and I was stunned and I grabbed a notebook that I had recently started writing in to try to understand this waking experience that I'd had only several days before this vision and I drew what I saw I drew the four icons in the same configuration that I'd seen them on the page and I wrote the four words that I understood them to mean next to them God love you and me and in the center and couldn't think of any other way to represent this unseeable face that shine like the sun i drew a sun a wind rose a, a compass with four points touching or pointing at each of the symbols the sun seemed to bind them all together They seem to want to orbit that radiant light. For years, I let those symbols guide me very simply. It was a simple way. It helped me to remember to see all my fellow created beings as one, as connected, in light and love. It was so plain. And even as I would lose my way over the years, I seem to be able to always go back to those four glyphs, especially the first one. I would write them down as a sort of unsaid prayer. I would write them down when I felt hopeless. I would write them down inside of objects that were important to me. I would write them down at the end of letters, heartfelt letters. journal entries they seem to be like a binder or a seal it's very personal the first glyph was included in the logo for my business I've included it in The logo for the Don Deacon. It's written on the prayer flag that's tied to my stick that you probably hear tapping. It's been included in drawings. My wife and I painted it at our wedding together as a bond of love. those four glyphs and that simple message, all those years ago, have been a touchstone. Every day, in some way since then, I think about those two words. Tell them. Tell them what? Tell them. I don't know, still what that means. Maybe today I'm telling you it's been good fruit and I tell you all of this something so personal holds so much meaning to me and at the same time I will tell you that this thing that I call the vision. Could have simply been a vivid imagination exercise. And even if all it was was an imagination exercise, the fruit is still good. Why do I think that's so important to note? I think it's important because so often we get caught up in belief. We get caught up in, or I've been caught up in before, believing something. And if anything crashes against that belief, I fall into all the wrong actions, and the wrong thoughts, in an attempt to protect against that belief. Anger, frustration, fear, all those things, jealousy, confusion, and they lead to wrong actions. In defense of a belief. Obviously, if you're hearing this, you can tell that I believe there was something important in that vision or imagination exercise. But more important than either is how it adjusts the way I engage with the waking world how does it inform me it informs me when i meet others when i meet the you in the in the message when i meet the you and i love you or you love me or even if you desire to want to love me or someone else another when I understand or see a child of creation, of the Creator an ordered individual that rose up in this universe like me I see that they have the same original state and come from the same place this primordial place with the same potential and potential sufferings over the years I've seen beyond just my fellow human beings but into other creatures and not just creatures but the natural world in all its forms God love you me bound. Maybe that's all it was. Maybe that was as simple as it ever needed to be. Maybe that's why it's so important, it's nothing new. Books upon books, ages upon ages, people have been trying to share the same message. At the core of most of the world's religions, we find that same basic message. And yet it seems so hard and so easy to forget. But for me, that simple vision has been something that I can stand in, even now. As I told you earlier, I related them to cardinal points, north, south, west and east. And still today, as a type of medicine wheel or mandala, I stand at the center and when I face those directions, I recall the small inked symbol that's associated with that direction. And I try to look for the light that they orbited, that light, that face that I couldn't see. I try to look for that face in me. And then, if I'm lucky, If I can get outside of my own pettiness, my own ego, when I see you, I see you standing in the same place. In the same center, illuminated by something unnameable, something original. With the same message surrounding you God love you me a harmony a calling to connect that way in a way the air or the taste from that vision Is still with me in the world today. Yeah, it really is it as I sit here and think about this and talk about it out loud With the intent to put it out into the world I Feel that space that misty etherical space and hope as you listen, that you may feel something too. Something that comes through. And maybe the message is simple enough that you too will want to tell them. Tell yourself, tell me, tell your friends, tell strangers, witness it in all the little creatures of the world. Witness it in the changing seasons and the ebb and flow of our joys and sorrows. Just speaking it out loud, I'm reminded of how easy it is to speak of these things today, so different than 25 years ago, and yet even though it's easier to speak them out loud, there's still an element of mystery and even An element of doubt which is so hard to admit many times a year I will say what if you made this up what if you just imagined it obviously I imagined something something and what I mean is obviously something some thoughts some pictures some words something audible was crafted in some type of receivable way. And then almost immediately, it's this comforting thought that's okay. That's okay. When I look around at this world and all the wisdom traditions, rites, rituals, prayers, mantras, Special robes and apparel, gold cups and chalices, secret creeds, holy waters, oils and sages. Each one having some special meaning or some special property. I think that's okay as long as it serves people, as long as it shows them that they're loved, and that they too have the capacity to love, and that it calls them to act, to touch the world in a sacred way. You know, as I say all of this, and as you probably hear in each of these videos, There's a tapping of a staff on the ground. I've always had a walking stick. It's just a piece of bamboo. A piece of bamboo with a simple red prayer flag on it, adorned with those four symbols that I spoke of. Waves in the wind. The color means something to me personally. When I'm too tired to pray and the wind blows, the flag prays for me. That's my intent. Serves as a reminder that I'm not just, just walking. I'm walking in prayer. Awareness and mindfulness. That's my practice. And these simple objects have become sacred to me in that way as long as They serve those four things God Love you and me I want wax on But I would encourage you To allow your dreams and visions to inform you that way Even if they're just lovely imagination exercises, it's okay. Write them down, think about them. Look for the ways that they could serve you and your life and others. Look for ways that they can generate bodhisattva, an awakened heart. Love. Bind all those things together. As always, on this very cold winter day, I hope that something I've talked about and shared with you is of use for you on your own waking way. May all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May all beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all rejoice in the well-being of others. And may we all live in peace, free from greed and hatred. Brother Oren Parker is the producer and host of the Dawn Deacon and the Find the Good News podcast. As a licensed ecumenical minister, he practices universal spiritual accompaniment, offering a brother's ear to fellow seekers. Oren provides baptism, blessing, and union ceremonies, as well as tailored rituals to memorialize special occasions or blessings to sanctify personal spaces. Brother Oren also officiates weddings and funerals. For information or to contact Oren, Visit findthegood.news or email oren at orenparker.com.